0: There, Welcome back. I'm Karen Hall, your host of the Hero Within Podcast. I'm passionate about sharing inspiring true stories of unsung heroes who've overcome some of life's most challenging adversities. Come along with me and learn how you too can find hope and healing to return to love. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing my friend Jacqueline Baird. And as she shared her story about her journey to motherhood, I loved hearing about her desire for children and how she and her husband talked about this quite early in their courtship. It was on their third date that they first talked about how many children they would like and how they could make that happen. I also was so touched by how supportive her husband was, and many of my listeners were touched by this as well. And as I was reflecting on my conversation with Jacqueline, it teed up my thoughts about maternal mental health. May is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month. And while all women are at risk after childbirth, and especially after a traumatic childbirth such as the ones that Jacqueline had, I recently learned that Black women are nearly three times more likely to die after childbirth than white women. Serena Williams was almost one of them. In the book, Arrival Stories, Women Share Their Experiences of Becoming Mothers by Amy Schumer and Christy Turlington Burns. One of the contributors is Serena Williams, the famous tennis pro, who has 23 grand slams more than any other active player. Serena unexpectedly became pregnant in 2017, two days before the Australian Open. She was in shock and she kept taking pregnancy tests, but finally she decided they must be accurate. She was determined, even though she felt herself getting more fatigued, as she continued to train. She won all seven matches, all in straight sets. Her pregnancy went well, and she said in contrast to the negative attention she got from the press and from her critics, she was delighted with the positive attention she received being pregnant. She relaxed and enjoyed focusing on caring for herself to help her baby be healthy. She learned all she could to prepare for delivery but she said she didn't feel in love with her baby while pregnant, as many women expressed. She described herself as a lioness who would protect her baby at any cost, but she just wasn't gushing over her baby. She longed for this feeling of connection with her child that others had described, and when Serena finally saw her baby girl, she felt the seed of love grow inside Serena felt powerful as she labored with no pain meds nor an epidural, and she continued with the breathing techniques that she had learned. However, the baby's heart rate kept dropping, and Serena had to switch sides again and again to restore the baby's heart rate. Eventually, the doctor had to do an emergency C-section. Serena said, Being an athlete is so often about controlling your body, wielding its power, but it's also about knowing when to surrender. When she woke from surgery, Serena felt numb, and she couldn't walk. As she held her baby girl, she asked about a heparin drip, which is used to prevent blood clots. Serena previously had blood clots in her lungs in 2010, and she found that she is at high risk for blood clots, but the nurse dismissed her request. Then Serena started coughing, and she began coughing so hard that she burst her stitches, and she could barely breathe. They took her back into emergency surgery. And this was the start of several surgeries, one after another, which happened whenever her husband left. Serena said when she woke from the second surgery, she felt like she was dying. She told the nurse that she needed to have a CAT scan of her lungs and she needed to be on the heparin drip. This nurse also dismissed her and told her all the medicine was making her talk crazy. Serena demanded that she have an immediate CAT scan of her lungs and to use dye but the nurse told her to rest. Serena insisted, and finally the nurse called the doctor. Serena said she fought hard and finally got the CAT scan, which showed that indeed, Serena had a blood clot in her lungs, which was causing her to have trouble breathing and a cough so violently. The doctors had to insert a filter into her veins to break up the clot before it reached her heart, but the filters didn't fit her because athletes have bigger veins. Serena said, Giving birth to her baby was a test for how loud and how often she would have to call out before she was finally heard. Serena said that being heard and treated appropriately was the difference between life or death for her. In seven days, she had four surgeries. Luckily, her personal OBGYN was awesome and didn't make her feel dismissed, but Serena acknowledged that there wouldn't be so many black women who died after giving birth if every black woman was listened to. After having such a traumatic birth and post-birth experience, women are at risk to suffer with maternal mental health conditions. We all need to be aware of the symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety, which can include feeling sad, hopeless, empty, helpless, or worthless, lacking motivation, concentration, or energy, loss of interest or pleasure in activities, Crying more often than usual for no apparent reason. Feelings of moodiness, anger, guilt, irritability, rage, or regret. Feeling easily stressed, worried, or overwhelmed. Being hypervigilant with baby. Having scary, intrusive, or racing thoughts. Feeling keyed up, on edge, restless, or panicked. Other symptoms include oversleeping or being unable to sleep. Withdrawing from or avoiding friends and family trouble bonding with their infant, doubting their ability to care for their infant, and thoughts of harming self or infant. We need to listen to mamas. When feeling these emotions, women might say, Having a baby was a mistake. I'm not bonding with my baby. I'm afraid to be alone with my baby. I'm exhausted, but I can't sleep, even when my baby sleeps. I'm such a bad mother. My baby would be better off without me. So who is at risk? Maternal mental health conditions are the most common complications of pregnancy and childbirth, affecting one in five women in the United States. During routine times, 15% of women who give birth report mood disorders or anxiety during pregnancy and or after birth. However, in a study conducted in August 2020 through February 2021 during the pandemic, it was found that in Israel, 40% of the women who are pregnant or up to six months after giving birth, reported symptoms of depression. Yet over 75% of women do not get diagnosed and do not receive adequate treatment and support. Those who are at greatest risk are those who have a personal or family history of mental illness, lack social support, especially from their partner, experience a traumatic birth, which includes a C-section, experience a previous trauma in their lives, Experience stressful life events during pregnancy or the early postpartum period, or have a preemie or have a baby in the neonatal intensive care unit, have a lack of access or barriers to health care, have problems breastfeeding, and fear that child protective services might become involved. Serena was at risk for maternal mental health conditions not only because of her traumatic birth and emergency c section but also because of stressful events in the early postpartum period with not being heard and difficulty accessing the medical care she needed, plus her four surgeries. Being dismissed and feeling unheard can be an additional factor causing maternal mental health conditions and can lead to a woman not speaking up later about her needs, which can exacerbate problems. Thankfully, Serena was in tune with her body, had learned to fight, and she continued to advocate for herself until she did receive the care she needed. Additionally, she had a strong support system with her in the hospital, including her husband, parents, in-laws, and her best friend, who all continued caring and supporting her when she went home. What are maternal mental health conditions? Maternal mental health conditions include depression, anxiety disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar illness, and substance use disorders. Many times, new moms feel as Allison Stubbe, MD at University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, describes, The baby is the candy and the mom is the wrapper. Once the candy is out of the wrapper, the wrapper is cast aside. Often, the focus during the postpartum period is on the baby, while the mother is neglected and left with all the caretaking responsibilities Many times, others will want to come and hold the new baby, yet the mama is also in need of pampering and attention. Until World War I and World War Two, women who gave birth in a hospital stayed in bed in the hospital for an average of two weeks or more. I can remember my grandma said she felt as weak as a kitten by the time she left the hospital after my mom was born in 1939. The time in the hospital was decreased from two weeks to one week when hospital beds were needed for wounded soldiers. Then the time was further decreased from 4 days to 24 hours. And I can remember being discharged less than 24 hours after difficult labors, and it felt way too soon. Having a new baby can be a stressful transition for nearly every woman and her family. While the baby blues are a normal period of transition, affecting up to 85% of new mothers in the first to 2-3 weeks after baby is born, baby blues typically include emotional sensitivity, weepiness, and or feeling overwhelmed, and it usually resolves without treatment. The cause is a combination of changes in biology, physiology, psychology, and environment. But maternal mental health conditions often need additional attention and treatment. Postpartum depression can harm the well-being of the mother, the baby, and even the father, and lead to difficulties in bonding with the baby and difficulty caring for the baby. If left untreated, Women are more likely to be less responsive to baby's cues, have fewer positive interactions with baby, experience breastfeeding challenges, question their competence as a mother, not manage their own health, have poor nutrition, experience physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, and use substances such as tobacco, alcohol, or drugs. In fact, maternal suicide and overdose are the leading causes of death in the first year postpartum, with 100% of those deaths deemed preventable. 40% of women who experience anxiety or depression during pregnancy or the first year of baby's life developed these symptoms following childbirth, while 27% enter pregnancy with anxiety or depression. Children born to mothers with untreated maternal mental health conditions are at higher risk for low birth weight, small head size, preterm birth, longer stay in the NICU, excessive crying, impaired parent-child interactions, and behavioral, cognitive, and emotional delays. Studies show a link between perinatal depression and developmental delays among babies and a higher-than-average frequency of psychiatric and behavioral disorders in the child, All parents, including fathers, partners, and adoptive parents, can experience changes in mood when there is a new baby in the household. Not readily recognized, current research also shows that 50% of the fathers are depressed when the mother experiences postpartum depression. Many men feel at a loss of how to help the mother of their child to deal with her postpartum depression, and this feeling of helplessness can lead to their depression. Now we're beginning to talk more about the fourth trimester. The fourth trimester refers to the first three months of a baby's life and the first three months of a mother's life, whether she is a first-time mother or a seasoned mom. It is a time of transition for the baby from living in utero to living outside the womb, and just as importantly, a time of transition for the woman from pregnancy to motherhood. This fourth trimester period can present considerable challenges for women, including lack of sleep, fatigue, pain, breastfeeding difficulties, mastitis, lack of sexual desire, lack of physical and emotional support, and urinary incontinence. Barbara Katz Rothman, Ph.D. said, Birth is not only about making babies, it's also about making mothers, strong, competent, capable mothers who trust themselves and know their inner strength. You are not alone. You are not to blame. With help, you will get better. The first weeks after birth are when moms need a lot of rest to establish their milk production and heal physically and emotionally. The new mother needs mothering herself. Sadly, in the United States, most mothers do not receive the mothering that they need. And I experienced this myself when I had my children When I was pregnant with our first child, I was the breadwinner while my husband was studying at the university, and in order to have my work, health insurance, pay for the birth of our first child, I was required to return to work only two weeks after having her. Despite having toxemia and a difficult delivery, I didn't have anyone come and take care of me as a new mom. My dearest best friend, Michelle, brought me dinner and spoiled me with a baby shower, but that was the extent of the care I received. Thankfully, my sweet husband soon finished his final exams in college, and he brought home the long movie Gone with the Wind and told me to just put my feet up, enjoy the show, and relax while I recovered and nursed our baby in hopes that my milk would come in. In contrast, historically, in India, a woman returns to her mother's house for the end of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, or her mother will come and live with her to care for her for up to three months of focused care. In Ayurveda, a 5,000-year-old Indian healing tradition, the postpartum period is considered a sensitive time for mothers. In addition to having a woman come and care for her, they are given simple digestible foods, herbal tonics, and daily they receive hot oil massages to promote healing, boost their immunity, and improve their milk supply. As a lactation consultant, I have seen how being protected from emotional stress can benefit a mother's milk supply and how emotional stress can negatively impact her milk production. In some Latin American cultures, after the woman has a baby, another woman such as her mother stays in the home for six weeks to protect the woman from any stress. This time period of 40 days is known as la cuarentena. The caregiving woman takes on all domestic responsibilities to allow the new mother to rest. In some cultures, if anyone speaks in a negative way, the caregiving woman reminds them that they will make the woman's milk sour, which will hurt the baby. And I thought of how many new moms would love to have a caregiver help protect them from any stress and from any negative communications. It's interesting when you learn about all different cultures, from Japan to Latin America, from India There are standards of approximately the same amount of time from six weeks to three months where moms are protected, and it's known that this is a very vulnerable time for a mother. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists is starting to step up and notes that the weeks after birth are a critical period for a woman and for her infant, setting the stage for long-term health and well-being. In the U.S., we have fallen far below the postnatal care compared to other cultures. And now we are recommending a shift from a single six-week visit to providing contact with all women within the first three weeks. An ongoing follow-up is needed from the third to the twelfth week. It still would be a lot better to have somebody in the home for three months. I think that would just be ideal. Not only does it take a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to support the mother and the family after birth. While these statistics are alarming and point to the need for increased awareness, advocacy, and additional resources, the good news is that most maternal mental health concerns are temporary and treatable. Steps to wellness include self-care, sleep, nutrition, exercise, and time off, social support from friends, family, doulas, home visiting programs, support groups, therapy or counseling, and medication when needed. And we can all be more sensitive to the needs of mamas, new and experienced mamas, and offer physical help and emotional support. This not only benefits the mama, her baby, and their family, but it also benefits society at large. Thanks for listening. I know you're busy. Did you know that you help spread the love by leaving a review and following? This helps increase our visibility so people can find us online. I really appreciate your help. I'm wishing you lots of love in your own hero's journey.